the world is going through changes. Changes happening at a speed that we have never seen before. This is leading to disruption, chaos, panic, fear, hysteria, and a turbulent economy and marketplace. How do you protect your wealth in a turbulent world? How do you invest for cash flow and alternative assets to escape the rat race in times of uncertainty? How do you decentralize yourself, your family, your community, your business, and your investments to become sovereign and escape the matrix? If you are looking for strategies, tactics, and techniques to escape the rat race and matrix, you are in the right place. My name is MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I'm MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and spending your most valuable resource, your time, once again with me. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on at Cashflow Ninja and get access to our free podcasts, our free books, and free courses, you can subscribe to our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com forward slash subscribe. That's CashflowNinja.com forward slash subscribe. I've got a fantastic show for you today. I'm joined by Louis O'Connor with Strategic Metals Invest. Louis, great to see you. Well, hey, MZ, good to see you. Great to be here. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. And the year's been started off with a bang, right? So we're, we're, uh, we're up and running. So for new listeners and viewers, uh, can you just share a little bit about your background, your journey, and what you're up to these days? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, my name is Louis O'Connor. My company is uh, Strategic Metals Invest. We're based in Europe. Uh, I'm in Ireland, as you can probably tell from the accent, but our main office is in Frankfurt in Germany. Our core business is we buy and sell uh, technology metals, rare earth elements, pretty much also known as strategic metals. It's very important that we mention what our core business is um, before we, we talk about the, the, the sort of the offer that we have for private investors. Um, because if we didn't have the core business, we wouldn't be able to offer private investors these uh, raw materials. So the metals we offer, i uh, give you an example. I always use MC. There's, there's 12, possibly 13 strategic metals in this phone. And there's a little bit of gold, there's a little bit of silver, but the other nine or 10 metals are the one we also offer to private investors. So it's the same paradigm as buying gold and silver, um, except it's the other more strategic metals that are actually critical to technology, manufacturing. They're basically critical to all nations' economic prosperity, and increasing the military capabilities in this, you know, 21st century. Okay. So just to share with folks, because sometimes it's people, people get, get confused. So what you guys are into is the, is, is in the business of uh, resources, metals, right? But a different type of metals, which we'll talk more about. It's fascinating learning about that, that little niche in the metal space. Um, but what you guys do is essentially the same as what a lot of these custodians for gold and silver, uh, what they do. So um, you have a platform where people can buy these metals and then they're warehouse and stored because they need to be warehouse and stored a very specific way. 
to be able to be used. Um, they're warehoused and stored in vaults um, and storage facilities in in Germany. And then people, when they're looking to liquidate the the the, the metals, they can sell it back to the the organization or the institution that they, they bought it from, right? So they can buy it, they can um, invest in these strategic metals, rare earth metals or elements. And then when they're looking to exit, if they have an exit, they can sell it back to the, the institution, correct? Yeah, exactly. Do you know something I'll just mention briefly, MC, and, and see if, follow, if you can follow this line of thought is if I just explained the progression of our business from the beginning to today, that should really, really explain it clearly. So, so the the company was founded in 1999, and um, as a, as a commodities trader, so we buy and sell raw materials. We buy them directly from producers, and we sell them to industry buyers. So Siemens, BMW, Apple, U.S. Department of Defense. We've more than 2,400 clients now in 70 different countries in, around the world. So, so let's say we were happily doing that business. We're a commodities trader until about 2010 when we noticed that our industry buyers, so let's say, say a factory in Germany making medical devices needed a regular supply of gallium. They started to ask us about the possibility to store the raw materials as well. Up till then, we were just trading. And the reason being is they need a constant supply of gallium or indium, but they have nowhere to store it, and they don't have the capital to go directly to producers. So we bought then a vault in Frankfurt, right in the middle of the banking district in Frankfurt. It was a bunker during World War II, two levels below ground, one level above. And initially, the idea, it took two years to convert it to a bank-level vault, Initially, the idea was we would just offer this to industry buyers and obviously we charge the storage fee. But then we thought, well, why don't we offer this to private investors? Because we have access, number one, to authentic raw materials. They're in the chain of custody. And then and, and at the liquidation stage, we have access to the buyers. So the only end buyer for Gallium Indium are industry buyers. So we've... So since about 2010, we were offering this mostly to Germans, Austria, Switzerland. But, you know, the business has really grown uh, on the industry side. We turned over 150 million last year. Uh, we're now building a second vault in Frankfurt as well. And the best way to think of it is it's exactly the same paradigm as buying gold or silver, except you're buying industry, you, you know, manufacturing technology metals. And we will then mediate a sale to an industry buyer, or we will buy them for our own inventory when clients are ready to liquidate. Does that does that make it fairly? Yes, it does. It does. And for people that have never heard of rare earth elements, uh, metals, strategic metals, um, just to kind of like set the table here for you, Louis, is... They, they've probably heard of precious metals, gold and silver, and people uh, investing in it. So there's different reasons why you do different things, right? I always say when it comes to wealth and your overall wealth strategy, you have to know what something is, what it's supposed to do, and what it's going to do for you. If you cannot answer those questions, then you don't have a strategy. You're just throwing darts at a board and hoping you hit something, right? So uh, 
Gold and silver has been money, and gold specifically, it's been money for centuries. Everybody knows this. It still is. Uh, the mainstream media, and especially all these billionaires, I call them you know, mainstream billionaires, um, they pretend it's a pet rock, I, I, but in private, they stock up on it. <laughs> like, they buy as much as they can. Yeah. You have heads of central banks around the world pretending it's a pet rock, and then they stock up and buy as much as, as they can because it's money. Gold is money. Silver also has um, the the application of money and has been money also for centuries, but it also uh, is used in a lot of manufacturing, right? In a lot of different things. So it's almost, it's money and a resource in, in, a, in, in that manner. And then you get this next level where the strategic metals comes in the rare earth elements and, and metals. And this is metals that are used in the manufacturing of goods. And if you look at, you know, I mean, just, if I just have to basically like uh, just from the top of, top of my head, come up with the applications, technology and AI, I mean, it's exploding and it's the application of strategic metals, uh, these rare earth elements and metals, that's where they use it. War. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I think the world's going to war. Everybody's telling us they are. That's where it's used. Mm -hmm. uh, healthcare. Another one, and another one that maybe you'll see just outside of your window, or if you're driving listening to this, you'll probably see it, electric vehicles. This whole changing, especially of the, the, the power grid going over to a different one from you know a more resource focus to a quote-unquote greener power grid. That's all strategic metal. So I just wanted to share that, set the table where this fits in. So when we talk about diversification in metals, it's a very, very good element to add to that. But anything that you want to add about it, maybe just elaborate a little bit more on rare earth elements and metals. Yeah, I think you covered it there. Basically, uh, what, what you're saying, it's the natural evolution of, of metals as well. I mean, um, where Earth's technology metals are the sort of upstream raw materials that sort of ultimately become like trillions of dollars in downstream GDP. They, there's not a, you know, they're, they're, they're critical to all nations' economic prosperity. And it's just essentially as well the technology age that we live in, that they're really coming into the forefront of usage. I mean, there's, there's not an industry that, that we don't use these raw materials. I mean, space exploration is becoming a fully-fledged space industry. You know, you mentioned the uh, energy transition, electric cars, solar, wind. These are the raw materials that are needed for this energy transition. And, and even just technology alone, I mean, every, you know, our laptop, computer, phone, everything has, you know, multiple you know, of these of these rare earths. I mean, 12, maybe 15 in a smartphone. And they, they're in sort of used in such small amounts that they they can't be recycled. Um, and at the, on the other side of it, Apple cannot ever afford for production to slow down or stop because, they, because of a, a lack of these raw materials. So people are stockpiling them as well, nations as well as corporations. I want to take a moment to share something very important right now. Are you trying to figure out how to protect your savings from the banking collapse, which has already started, and the coming financial crisis? Most banks will fail. Deposits that are not insured by the FDIC will be lost, and there will be bank bail-ins. And this collapse in the banking system will lead to chaos 
in the financial system. Banks also provide loans to real estate investors. So what do you think is going to happen to lending in the event of a banking and a financial crisis? You can be proactive and position your savings to protect it and also have access to it to use it to buy discounted assets by positioning it in your own banking system through the infinite banking concept strategy. Producers Wealth has put together a presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com where you will learn how to position capital outside of the banking system and the Wall Street casino, just like the ultra-wealthy, to protect it and create a pool of tax-free liquid capital to capitalize on the massive opportunity to buy discounted assets, which is coming. You can access the presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. The funny thing is, and we've covered this on a previous uh, episode, that rare earth elements are actually not rare, but there's such a demand for it that, I mean, they can't keep up with supplying it. And that ties into my next point that I also want to bring up. So there's a massive demand, massive growth, but industries where there's massive growth and capital flows going into um, and you could see that that's just gonna the the demand's just gonna get bigger and bigger as these trends accelerate where these industries are focused in. The other thing is you've got a a market that is completely off kilter because it's basically, I mean, you've got one big player in this that produces the most amount and they kind of cornered this market. Uh, with the rest of the world not really participating, so China obviously is the is the the power in this space, the power player that has basically cornered this. Uh, can you share a little bit more of what's going on ge uh, just geopolitically uh, that impacts this, you know, metals and and what what we need to know? Yeah. So yeah, in fact, the the EU just just recently uh, the president just announced that. Rare earths will will become more important than oil and gas, and and she followed up that statement by saying, however, we don't want to be in the same position that we were with Russia, which is completely dependent on Russia for oil and gas, and we are at the moment with China. Um, I have a sort of a news channel now on my my website, and every day I'm I'm sort of doing videos and stuff, and there's collaborations and cooperation going on between all nations sort of outside of China. So some, some countries are resource rich like Australia, um, but they don't have the, but they have the raw material, but not the technology. So the whole of the world is sort of scrambling to work together to wean its, its dependence off China. You know, all I can say is um, China, I suppose China understood before everybody else, this is going back now to the 80s, that these raw materials would be the backbone of manufacturing, you know, in the 21st century. And um, at the time, the rest of the world was a little bit high, if you will, on the, on the globalization drug um, and allowed China to, to move all the processing. You know, Mount, the, the Mountain Pass in California and Linus Corp in Australia are the two biggest producers of rare earths outside China. But Mountain Pass in California still have to send all the raw materials to China for processing. So it's um, 
it's a situation that you know is is going to take a long time to sort of evolve out of and in the meantime demand is skyrocketing you know gallium for an ex- for example china's responsible for 98% of the world's gallium and at the moment they're restricting the export of gallium to the US to to Europe to Japan and I think in South Korea in retaliation you know for um well the you know the the US and and Europe are blocking the latest sort of chip technology getting to China so that's a retaliatory measure but the the underlying point being that China has the raw materials and they can they can stop the flow of these critically needed raw materials and the world is just getting more and more polarized right i i've spoken on on the show before how polarized um well how polarized the environment is in every single country that you're in regardless of where you're at in the world but globally very much so and you are now clearly see kind of like these two factions uh, and we've seen this for a while, but it's really accelerating where you have the West, you know, the United States and all of, you know, uh, the the country like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, all of the kind of like the five eyes, the United Kingdom. Then you have Europe. Um, they're all on the one side. And then you sort of have the BRICS alliance on the other one, which more and more people are joining the BRICS alliance. And, um, you know, we have seen economic wars and financial wars happening already around the globe, but now we've seen kinetic wars, right? We've seen the conflict in uh, the Ukraine. We've now seen the conflict in the Middle East and, you know, the between the uh, Palestinians and Israel. We've, we're uh, very, very close to see a conflict breaking out in the South China Sea with with uh, Taiwan and, and, and China. So um, wars are going kinetic from just psychological to economic and financial to, you know, eventually yes. they, they become kinetic. And that is going to increase just the split between these two factions, right? It looks like alliances have already been formed, whether it's economic, trade, military, and it's now playing out, which is not, it's, it's, it's not good to see, but this is what is. So how do you as a business owner investor position yourself? And you could see that this there's going to be a bottleneck, especially regarding this asset class and, and specific niche, the way that things are playing out, right? Yeah. No, it's, it's a very good point, MC, because if you, you know, most people you wouldn't expect to be experts on strategic metals and raw materials. However, you can get educated quite quickly. And if you can see what we can see, which is, this bottleneck you're talking about is coming. This storm is coming. Now, we predicted originally it would begin in about 2025, and it'll continue. If you look at the graphs, like I could, we could show you some independent sort of graphs, and that in about 2030, the demand will be about five times as much for these raw materials, and the supply will even be more limited. So we don't just see shortages. We see there will definitely not be enough to go around. So you have companies like, you know, Apple and Ford and BMW stockpiling as much as they can. You have, you know, governments cooperating all around the globe to see can they, um, you know, leverage their resources with technology elsewhere. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of movement over the next five years, but it's just not a problem that can be solved. It took China a, a generation to sort of, you know, establish its dominant position. And uh, it's just not it's not going to be solved overnight. And in the meantime, 
investors then can profit. And that's our whole thing is it's a sort of a long-term play. I mean, if you if you do buy the raw materials, we suggest or we recommend hold them for three to five years because the fun is only just beginning. I mean, for the last five years on average, they're up about 34% a year. But we see that getting even better for investors between originally we would have said next year, 2025. But in the last six months, China's restricting since August, they're restricting germanium and gallium and then graphite in November. And then in December, they're now restricting rare earths, which is another four metals as well. So China is playing that card now. and The political landscape is have, is an ever increasing factor in, in, in the market. Uh, so you mentioned the demand skyrocketing if you look at trends. The other thing is this is physical. And in the world that we're living in, we've we've already discussed how important and crucial physical stuff's gonna be. When you're basically uh reevaluating like uh currencies around the world, right? Against physical stuff, it's gonna be important to hold it. So th- one of the things too, if you look at monetary policy of governments. Again, this is like, pick your country. (laughs) Pick your country, pick your state or province, pick your town, your municipality, your county. You know, they're all, the monetary policy is, of every single one of them, is completely out of control. Uh, The debts are unsustainable. Um, I don't know if you just saw, this was kind of um, comical to see this, uh, uh, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank in the uh, United States, was just recently interviewed on 60 Minutes and said the quiet part out loud, where he basically stated, which, which everybody that, I mean, if you can do basic math, you know, the, the math that's one, one plus one equals two kind of math. Uh, if you could do basic math, you could see that all of this is unsustainable. But he w- was basically saying, yeah, the U.S. is on an unsustainable path, that the debt is growing far at a faster rate than the economy itself. And this, you know, there, we're borrowing from future de- generations. He said that out loud, which I'm like, uh, you know, words, are, words matter. It's more stealing, stealing from your, you know, your children and your grandchildren <laughs> and your Great grandchildren for future generations, yeah. but okay, borrowing. Uh, you're never repaying it. Can't. Yeah. Um, it's impossible. So my point is, they're saying the the quiet part was said out loud, which this should have been front and center news everywhere. Of course, it wasn't. People are yeah. more focused, you know, especially in the U.S. of what, what what's happening with uh, Taylor Swift and Tra- Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl than what's going on with monetary policy. But this is very important because the, they're not changing direction. Every hundred days about in the U.S., it's about almost a trillion dollars to float this economy. So this yeah. is not slowing down. Um, yes. And physical stuff, again, plays into this. You've got the demand. That trend is not stopping. And then the physical stuff. So are there any other things that also set up kind of like similar and well for this uh, particular asset class and niche? Yeah, it's just there's nobody in the world, you know, could argue that demand for these raw materials is going to decrease. It's just, you know, it's not going to happen. They're in all our, you know, work devices, all our modern technology, the energy transition, you know, electric cars, photovoltaics, wind turbines, space industry, aviation. So there's no question demand is going to continue to increase. 
And if you people just look closely, and not even too closely, but just look at the reality is that, you know, China dominant. You could say the war is over, really, when it comes to these rare earths and technology methods, at least for the next 10 or 15 years. Um, and China, now that they've sort of established their dominance or want to move up the value chain, like people might not know, like people think, for example, I had a client from the USA to me last week, actually, a very good point she made. She said, yeah, but it, isn't sales for electric cars dropping down? And it, it's true. I mean, Tesla have dropped sales. However, if you look at the emergence of BYD, which is a Chinese electric car maker, this quarter, first quarter in 2024, BYD will overtake Tesla as the number one electric car delivered in the world. So you might see some sales go down somewhere, but BYD is huge here in Europe. The other thing is, in the year 2023, the Chinese um, produced more solar installations than the entire world did in 2022. Yep. So a lot of these raw materials are for China's own domestic use and for them to now move up the value chain. Um, talk about vertical integration. I mean, they... You know, they've got all the raw materials for electric cars, for solar and for wind. And they'll, 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 they'll take what they need domestically first and we'll wait in line for what's coming. So, again, as you touched on earlier, this is just the beginning. And like, for example, what we're talking about today, MC, most people wouldn't be familiar with it. But I guarantee in three or five years, everybody will know what we're talking about because all of a sudden it'll just be right in front of us you know but um it's still early days and it's um it's a long time you know it's a long time coming as well i want to acknowledge one of our sponsors are you ready to ride the wave of success in the booming car wash industry tommy's express car wash is the cutting edge brand that is revolutionizing the way we clean vehicles demand for top-notch state-of-the-art tunnel car wash is skyrocketing Institutions are diving in head first, and the real asset investor is already a step ahead. They have a world-class operations team, and they're building a portfolio of Tommy's Express car washes that's on track to become one of the largest privately owned car wash portfolios in the United States. The margins on a stabilized Tommy's Express car wash are incredible, and accredited investors have the chance to join them on their adventure. Dave Zook, the founder and CEO of The Real Asset Investor, and his team are thrilled to share opportunities like Tommy's Car Wash with accredited investors that boost your cash flow, unlocks massive tax benefits, and get you set up for a lucrative exit just a few years from now. To learn more about the opportunities offered by The Real Asset Investor, you can reach out to them at info at therealassetinvestor.com. That's info at therealassetinvestor.com. Got to think globally too, right? So we've got a ton of real estate investors um, that in our audience too, and business owners. So a lot of people are very localized in their market. So they think about their market that they're in, which that's what you're supposed to do uh, to be successful in those spaces. When it comes to like, Assets like this, which is international, uh, you have to think globally too. So to your point, 
As EV uh, sales, the electric vehicle sales are dropping in the United States, you look at other parts of the world, and it's not necessarily dropping there. I mean, look at and, – and that's a thing, too. In, America, in, in the United States, we have wide open roads, big pickup trucks, large cars. You know, it's a completely different car culture than, for example, Europe. We have smaller, mobile – I mean, there's a lot of uh, demand there for electric vehicles there because – it actually fits in pretty well into the major cities there and even like the surrounding areas of cities because it's kind of like it's a different build than in the United yes. States, right? Because, I mean, those are very, very old countries and cities where uh, the United States, I mean, this was basically developed and built like, you know, like over the past 250 years. So um, you could plan a little bit better, more, more wide open spaces, open wide roads, bigger cars mm -hmm. and so forth. So. Um, I guess the main principle that I wanted to share there is just think globally when you Correct. think about an investment like this instead of just locally. Um, playing devil's advocate. So a couple of things. Uh, if and I always try to figure out, okay, what are some of the what are some of the things I'm not thinking about as far as risk, right? We see the demand, it's physical, it's great. So a couple of things that I'll throw out if if I have to look at that, and maybe you could, and I'll ask you to share some too, a black swan or a gray rhino. You know, black swan, you don't see coming, a gray rhino, you can see it coming, you could hear it coming, you could feel it coming, and you know it's coming. Uh, so any of those events that could impact this play, because it's so, the, the, the power is so much in the control of China. Um, and then the other thing is counterparty risk. Maybe you can share it's in Frankfurt, in Germany, uh, what's in place there um, and, you know, from a counterparty risk standpoint, because that's what I can think of is if I have to look at risk, how do like how how do you get how do you uh, lose money basically as an investor in, 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 a, in a space and an asset yeah. class in a niche like this? Yeah. Yeah. Good points. So, I mean, I'll address first the most obvious one probably would be substitution. So as an example, you can swipe your phone because of Indium. And indium is a great purchase. However, you know, in a year or two or three from now, somebody could come up with a better technology or a different mix of a metal or whatever the case might be. So you might see demand taper off. There's new technologies coming in into play all the time. And you might, that's a possibility of substitution. Luckily, though, that the, these, you know, technology metals and rare earths have multiple, multiple applications. So the same metal that's in a jet engine or a rocket engine going, you know, satellites is is needed in electric cars, in in tele, in phones and stuff. So so they do have multiple applications. Um, but there's always that possibility. Now, the, the the China thing is interesting because China does control now the, the prices. And last year, for the first six months of last year, we had the prices decrease because China allowed that to happen. And the reason was in the preceding year in the U.S., you had the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, despite the name, that is all about energy transition. There's something like $390 billion up for grabs for, yep. for getting mining and rare earths and stuff. At the same time in Europe, we had the Critical Minerals Act, which is very, very similar to the, the Inflation Reduction Act. So, so China sort of purposely allowed the, the prices to drop because anybody who is thinking of getting into mining would realize they're not going to make a profit. So China can control that. And at the moment, they do. Now, what I think will happen, and that's why we suggest a long-term play, is 
even though we had some, like for example, last year the prices dropped for about six months, but anybody who had purchased, say, the beginning of the decade, say they purchased January the 1st, 2020, they were still up even though we had that little black swan event, if you will. So the, we don't want day traders or we don't, we, it's not a thing for day traders. If you buy these metals, the smart thing is to plan to hold them for minimum three years, but even better, five or 10 or 15 years. It's a long-term play in that regard because there will be some, some volatility, you know. And then regarding, um, you know, counterparty risk, um, our vault in Frankfurt is the large, there's over 200 metric tons of, of inventory there. It's the largest inventory of rare earths anywhere in the world outside of China. It's fully insured and it's a recognized uh, vault, not just a bank level vault, but it has um, the acronym in Europe is, is REACH. So it it's recognized as a facility to store uh, industry chemicals, industry metals, oxides, nitrate, liquid. And that designation is very important for the, the, the chain of custody, if you will. So what I mean by that is the only difference between buying, say, gold and, and, and rare earths is you can send your, sell your gold to anybody at any time, right? Yep. With our raw materials, the only end buyer is an industry buyer. And that's why they should store them in the vault with us is because we're an industry supplier and we have access to over 2,000 clients on a daily basis, 85% of our business activities are buying, selling the raw materials within the industry. And that's what makes it safe with us. Because if, if this was just like a sales and marketing idea, you know, red flags everywhere. It just wouldn't work. You know, if I was just a, a crazy Irish man thinking, oh, we'll buy the metals in China, then we sell them to for F-15 jets or something. You know, I've no connection to the industry. I've no experience in the industry. I've no ISO 9000 and quality management certificate. I don't have REACH certification, all of these factors. So, so yeah, be, again, I mentioned it's the same paradigm as gold and silver, but from, from a safety point of view, you must be dealing with an industry supplier, which is what we are. Yeah, so you're not taking these as delivery. So one of the big differences between the gold and silver purchase and with a custodian and storing and warehousing it there the, um, is with gold and silver, you can request to take delivery. With this, you don't because, again, they might not be sellable then. And then you're sitting with you know strategic yeah. metals that you cannot resell, right? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, when you when you per complete the purchase, you do own the metals. Physically, you own them. You've got the invoice. You've got your safekeeping receipt to show they're allocated to you in the facility. And actually, truthfully, if somebody – I recently had a, a client in, in the U.S. down south who said, well, Louis, I like to keep my gold close to home, you know, so meaning I'd like to, you know. And the truth is you own the metals. If you want to move them to Delaware or to Singapore, you could – but all you're doing is adding expenses uh, into your, your investment. And also, um, so you got shipping, you might have taxes, but let's say you want to take delivery in the U.S. When they arrive at U.S. Customs, the U.S. Customs might want to know, why are you uh, importing in, in this, these metals or these, you know, they have multiple applications, including military applications. They say, well, right. what's your business here? And, you know, you could get blocked there or so. You're you're just inviting hassle, and you're also taking them out of, to the the chain of custody, which, as you pointed out, means when you come back 
to us in three years and want to sell them, we will sell them, but they'll probably need to be retested. So we know they're the same raw materials that left three years before. So it's just not a, you know, if we haven't had a client do that, and if we did, we probably wouldn't want them as a client because it just doesn't make any sense. I want to take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors, Penumbra Solutions. Live Settlements Investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. If you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing live settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at CashflowNinja.com forward slash life settlements. That's CashflowNinja.com forward slash life settlements. The password to access that webinar is Penumbra, all lowercase. So, Louis, um, this has been great. Um, where can people like uh, reach out to you if they want to learn more about this? Uh, where can they follow you and uh, you know learn more about uh, all of the different projects that you're involved with? And also, you got a daily update, right? You kind of got this little news channel going on your website. So, to share more about that. Yeah, we do. But since we last spoke, we we've added a, a news feed, so we we have. Um, because there's great information coming in every day. And it's great to, you know, to yeah, we all love learning, right? Our curiosity is one of the greatest gifts. So, so yeah, we have a daily news feed. And I then do a couple of videos a week. So we have a video news channel as well. So people can get a very good education just by going to our website, Strategic Metals Invest. And we, we highly recommend people go into that information gathering stage and stay there until you know you reach that level of knowledge where you, your your curiosity has been satisfied and you sort of you know when you get that sort of um, warm fuzzy feeling if you will then you know let's let's start to talk business but we want people to get you know we, we don't want day traders and we want people to get educated first you know absolutely and we're also going to put a presentation for folks together so if you're a listener and a viewer and you want to learn more about strategic metals and rare earth elements, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash strategic metals. That's cashflowninja.com forward slash strategic metals. It's about a 10 to 15 minute video where uh, Louis is going to share uh, as much information as he possibly can uh, in that uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, that might be a, another great resource for anyone watching this and learning uh, if you want to like learn a little bit more about strategic metals, rare earth elements, or or metals. Uh, Louis, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your in insights uh, and your knowledge and always providing so much value for all of my listeners and viewers. Thank you very much, MC. Thank you. And thank you to all of my listeners and my viewers for, again, spending your most valuable resource or time with me. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. That's CashflowNinja.com. And if you want to stay up to date with everything going on at Cashflow Ninja and get access to all of our free podcasts, free books, and free courses, you can subscribe to our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com forward slash subscribe. That's CashflowNinja.com forward slash subscribe. Until next time, live infinitely. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. 
The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.